Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to The 100 Report. I'm Chris. I'm Charlie. And we are coming at you with a kind of an update podcast uh, because we've gone about five days. We've done a sort of a round of games-ish, but then they've just started again. So we thought we'd just catch up and see how you guys felt and kind of talk about what we thought as far as the uh, the first few games has gone. Does that sound like a fair approximation of what we're going to do? Yeah, I guess like the first round has been and gone, so we've kind of got a bit of a taster of what each team's about and, you know, who's done really well in the first couple of games. So, as you know, both Chris and I attended the first match, it was the women's match, the Oval against the Manchester Originals, and then the following day, the men's match continued. Um, I have to point out that I think that it was a much bigger crowd for the men's match and maybe slightly less family orientated. So it's nice to see with the double headers, there was a mixture of both of those things together. Um, but let's briefly talk about the, the men's Manchester um, Oval Invincibles match. Um, what was interesting, I thought, is that we were kind of, people were expecting a much bigger total to be achieved by, by the men's squad. But actually, um, the Manchester Originals only achieved one run more than the Oval Invincible women's team. So that's quite interesting. Yeah, I, I thought so too. And again, we, we are talking about how we still don't really know what a good score is. Um, and I think we'll come to it because obviously we, we played on a lot of very different um, pitches. So Headingley was a, a road, a batsman's paradise, whereas uh, Old Trafford, uh, a game I was at, if you guys follow uh, the Twitter account that we're on, it was very much not a road. It was a used pitch. And it was very difficult for the bat uh, for the batters to score on. Um, but again, we we don't really know. But what did you make of the of the Oval uh, men's team and the Manchester men's team? Um, well, I thought there was definitely a couple of standout players. I was really impressed with Sam Billings' captaincy. So it's going to be quite interesting because obviously a couple of these players we we know from being in the England squad in and out and being very strong players in their own right. But actually having the captaincy role adds another element to it. So I thought, you know, and Sam Billings obviously knows that ground inside out, um, plays there all the time. And I think that he conducted his team really, really well. So they, they looked really strong. You know, it was, a, again, a very close game, which was fantastic to watch. And Carlos Brathwaite was really, really sort of trying to go all out as he had to do for the run chase right at the end. But unfortunately for his team, um, he couldn't quite get there. But yeah, I thought, I thought the Oval Invincible team, the men's, looked really, really strong. It was nice to see Tom Curran get back in the game because, you know, for England, Tom Curran's been having quite a bit of trouble uh, is the best way of saying. He couldn't buy a wicket and he got a couple. He also made some useful runs at the bottom end. So it was exciting to see. But that was the men's match. We obviously we reported on the women's match and we sort of gave our thoughts when we interviewed Kate Cross and Alex Hartley. So I guess we'll move on to the next match, or the first sort of double header. Um, and it was Birmingham Phoenix against London Spirit. Again, there was a lot of eyes on the fact that London Spirit, both of the teams is captained by England's captains, the white ball captains, Owen Morgan and uh, Heather Knight, respectively. Now, um, I thought Heather Knight was marshalling her troops well, Owen Morgan the same, but Owen Morgan was the first person that went over the cutoff time. So it was the first person that had to deal with uh, fielding penalties. Are we surprised? He is very meticulous about his field settings. So, I mean, were we surprised he was going to be the first person that got that punishment? No, definitely not. I think um, a lot of people have been speaking about, you know, how England go through quite slow spells sometimes and how they think that they should actually enforce this match in some of the international games as well. I quite like this um, 
this rule actually it's quite interesting and it's the first time we saw it happen but um yeah a couple of things to note from that game um although the the women's London spirit won and had the Knights team look really impressive um Eve Jones scored a 47 which was absolutely fantastic for Phoenix and in the men's game kind of have to eat my words a little bit because we we're talking about the London spirit batting lineup and I was there's a lot of test players and a lot of slow test players in their side and although Joe Denley we've said before does really really well in the white ball format in the BBL I was curious to see how he was going to perform in the English conditions and I was really surprised that his run rate was you know really high up there um so he did really well and obviously you know Crawley did fantastic we were, we were expecting Crawley to do well um Morgan didn't didn't kind of get off to the best start for himself but I was also curious to see Ravi Bopara because we know um that he really really wanted to bat further up um, up the order and he's yeah d definitely made no secret of the fact that he wants to open and he was particularly slow off the mark and I was I was actually tweeting sort of Ravi come on you only have 100 balls there's only 20 balls left you know there's not much time to get into it he did sort of he did do well towards the end but in terms of the batting he really needed to pick up the pace he, sh he showed that he was under pressure if you miss a couple if you have a couple of dot balls the batsmen are really on the back foot they're really under pressure to score. So that was interesting to see how in such a short format, the pressure just goes from the bat of the bowler really quickly. If you score a boundary, the, the bowler's panicking. And if you have a couple of dot balls, the bat is really sweating. So that's really interesting to watch. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's, I think that the stint in the one day series did Zach Crawley a world of good. Um, Again, I, I, I remember seeing you put that tweet about uh, about Ravi's strike rate. And yeah, it was it was a very good observation. But let's talk a little bit about uh, Birmingham's uh, Birmingham's go. Obviously, I'm very excited at the prospect of seeing Abtar Maksud and Izzy Wong playing on the same team. Um, I didn't get to see them um, in the flesh on that one, but I did get to see them yesterday. But we will, so we will we will get to, to their performances my thoughts on Birmingham Phoenix's squad and how they do. But the men's squad, um, let's talk for a little second about Benny Howell, because I know that a lot of people who are really big county cricket fans were very excited to see Benny Howell uh, get into the 100 team. And uh, he, he did not disappoint. You know, he made some useful runs down the order, got himself a couple of wickets. But I think that the star of the match so far was uh, Chris Benjamin. So, uh, again, for those of you who are not aware. Chris Benjamin is somebody who, up until a few weeks ago, wasn't even playing club cricket, but he went through university, he got an accountancy degree, I think, and then got into uh, the Uni 11, County 11, ended up playing for uh, Birmingham Phoenix, and then started playing some absolutely outrageous shots. It was, it was brilliant. I think it's that's the exciting thing. You see these players who we've never heard of. There is literally very little information about them. And Chris Benjamin is a perfect example. He's come from literally nowhere. And all of a sudden, we're talking about his performance. But then let's move on to the next day, which was a double-double header, which had two matches on. Obviously, Welsh Fire were playing the Northern Superchargers and Southern Brave were playing Trent Rockets. So those were our two sets. So you were very excited to see Southern Brave and we were all very excited to see that match. How, how, how did it stack up as far as finally getting to see the team in action? Well, I was really, really happy and impressed with um, the women's 
team, the Southern Brave. So they, they obviously started off the Super Saturday. Um, although their openers kind of failed as such, the, there was a really good partnership between Stefani Taylor and Anya Shrubsol, which was fantastic. Um, and then she also, Anya then had an amazing day out with the ball as well and, and really won it for her team. So a great captain's performance from Anya, which was fantastic. Um, in terms of the the men's match, um, obviously we can't not talk about Delanger's Pfeiffer, the first Pfeiffer of the tournament. He bowled absolutely superb. It was fantastic. Um, interesting to see as well, because I was I was I thought that this would be sort of the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest clash of the tournament, because I think the Trent Rockets have one of the strongest, if not the strongest team, alongside the Southern Brave. Although obviously the Southern Braves had a lot of changes recently and lost some of those big players. But um, it was a shame that Alex Hales got out for a duck, but then they obviously had David Milan and Darcy Short up their sleeve, who both got their 50s. So their batting attack, the Trent Rockets, is fantastic. And then the bowling as well. I mean, Joe Root's figures right now beat Rashid Khan's in terms of economy rate. Um, so it's just fantastic. Their team is super, super strong. So yeah, I was quite disappointed in a way with the Southern Braves uh, men's team, but then obviously we're missing so many players. Um, you know, Joffre Archer's still out. Um, I don't know what's happened, you know, Chris, with, with Quinton de Kock. When is, he, when is he in action? I think he's just finished the Ireland series for South Africa duties. So uh, perhaps he's entering the bubble. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's the story. But it's interesting that we are missing a lot of big players, big name players. So Fafty Plessy for the Northern Superchargers uh, has had a concussion. So he's got to miss the first three games. And uh, also uh, we are missing Lockie Ferguson from Manchester Originals. Sorry, I had a bit of a brain fade there. I'm not quite sure why. Um, Lockie Ferguson's got a bit of an injury. We're not quite sure what, but I think it's it's only a minor injury. So um, I did see him walking up the staircase at Old Trafford the other day. So I know he's moving around. He's fine. He can um, make the staircase. He can run the field soon. <laughs> but I just, my, my only point that I wanted to make about the, the Trent Rockets match was... Catherine Bryce, why was she all the way down that batting order? It made very little sense to me. And I was like, why have you got one of your best batters batting that low down the order facing that, that few balls? Um, so this is my big shout out to the Trent Rockets. I go, maybe, maybe, maybe push her up the order a little bit. I'm not sure. What do you think? Um, but <laughs> so okay. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll move over to the other match, which was Northern Superchargers against Welsh Fire. Um, I mean, Jemima Rodriguez has been dominating the news about that for that one single score. Currently, the highest score in the 100, and very, very nearly the first century scored in the 100. Um, it was a masterclass, really. She was pretty much a, a, a one-man team um, against that because Northern Superchargers looked in, in real trouble uh, until she came in and played that knock. I can't believe we're, you know, we're only a couple of games in and we're already talking about a near century scorer. And we've had a, we've had a five for this week as well. Like I didn't think it would actually be, you know, possible or, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge ask and how many balls you're even able to score from, let alone the fact that there's only 100 balls in the whole, in the whole inning. So that's really amazing. I wonder if we're going to get a higher score than that, but that's fantastic from her. And then the men's game was super, super interesting. Also down to the wire as well. It was real, a real thriller. I wonder if it's anything to do with the wicket at Headingley because both of those scores were super high. 
Uh, we have to give a shout out to Casey Ahmed, who got the hero of the match for his forfeit. And I thought his spell was amazing. He did really, really great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I thought so too. In a game where people were scoring 170 yards, Johnny Bairstow with that massive knock. Um, making a spell like that is important. And this is one of the things that I've really taken from the opening matches so far is that it's way more bowler dominated than I was expecting it to be. Um, whereas T20 is often considered a batter's game. And at the moment, the evidence is suggesting it's a bowler's game and what a, a good bowling spell can make a huge difference. Case in point with Definitely. Kate Dominic. I mean, Bryden Class was saying to us the other day in, that, in the interview we had with him that it's a batter's game. But I, I, I agree with you. I think so far this week's performances, the standout players have been mostly in the bowling attack. And I think it's just super important to get uh, the economy rate down for the, for the bowlers. I think it's really, really hard to do. I thought actually going back to an earlier game, the London Spirit first game we spoke about earlier, Mohamed Amir, obviously London Spirit, you're expecting his economy rate to be really low and he was one of the most expensive bowlers whereas Chris Wood actually did an amazing um, amazing uh, 20 balls of his, his spell I think he got a wicket and 20 for 20 which uh, it's a shame because actually his last five balls went for a lot more but he was he was by far the best in the economy rate and he also took an amazing catch on the boundary we've actually seen some amazing fielding throughout this competition so far so we saw, yeah, I saw a couple on uh, the match that I went to. Um, we'll, we'll move on because we'll go to the day, uh, the day case in point. I went with my dad to Old Trafford to go and watch uh, Birmingham Phoenix against Manchester Originals. There was a lot of criticism about the pitch. Um, I don't know how I stand on it because it sort of seems inconsistent because when England played India in the away test series, we were moaning about the state of the pitch. And it was a used pitch. It was the same strip that the T20s were played on when uh, England played Pakistan. And it was turning around corners. Case in point, Matt Parkinson got four wickets, nine runs. Um, and uh, Abtahar Maksud and Kirsty Gordon were taking wickets in the women's team. So I don't know, but the low scoring aspect of it was quite interesting because it wasn't just smashing sixes all over the place. I think the only person that ever really properly got their eye in was Joss Butler, and he was playing a very circumspect innings, and he scored it a runner ball, but it anchored the team together, which meant the Manchester team won. But it was really fun. It was a very different vibe in Old Trafford to Lords. I think that sort of makes sense because Lords has its own vibe, and Old Trafford does, and uh, Edge Baston does, so they all have their own character. But it was way more um, vibrant. But again, the same energy. The women's game was very family oriented, very sort of fun and just a, a generally good atmosphere. I think there was about 8,000 people watching it at that point. And then it filled up a bit more for the men's match. It got a little more what we have come to expect from a T20 match. That's probably the best way of saying it. Um, and the stand I was in made very good friends with Miles Hammond and were very complimentary about his hair, uh, which he, he has a magnificent hair, uh, set of hair. Oh, did you watch it on the TV? Um, I, I watched a bit of it. Um, it was quite difficult to watch so much cricket over the weekend. But um, yeah, I, I sort of dipped in and out and watched the highlights. It looked like a really, really good match. And it was a shame in uh, London, uh, down south, that we had so much rain that for the women's uh, London derby at Lords, they managed to finish their game. But the men's game was a complete washout. But um, definitely, we definitely needed to, to note that Alice Capsey got 59 of 41. And we have to remember she is 16 years old. 
and um, the Oval Invincibles had to call her mum to ask permission for her to join their squad for this competition. So the fact that she got 59 and 41 is just, just fantastic. And also Maddie Villiers had a great day out with the ball. Uh, I just think that the Oval Invincibles women's team are looking really, really, really strong. They've had two wins in two games, so they're definitely one to watch. Um, Heather Knight did really well for the London Spirit again. She got 40 off 29, so she had a fantastic day out as well. But it wasn't meant to be for the London Spirit. It was all about the Oval Invincibles. Yeah. And we learned with the men's team because obviously it was washed out the weather. I'm still up north and the weather's quite nice here, but down south the weather's taken a decided turn for the worse. So um, we found out that's what happens if uh, a match is abandoned, each team gets a point. So those guys have had a, a point given to them each. Uh, we've had lots of wins, lots of losses. I think the biggest surprise generally at the moment is the Manchester Originals women's team hasn't won one yet. They've played two, lost two. Which, because I don't really think they've done anything particularly wrong. I think perhaps the batting's a bit light. Uh, Sophie Eccleston coming in in the middle order is uh, it was a bit of a bit of a surprise to me. Um, but I think overall, there's been quite a lot of quite a lot of interesting stuff happen, and I feel like we're getting a bigger picture. Um, before we move on to the uh, the stuff that you guys have sent in through Twitter, uh, what about you, Charlie? What's uh, what's your take on it so far? Well, first of all, I think that it's been a huge success the first week. I think uh, it's been cricket fever. It's all over the feed. It's all over Sky Sports. Um, I think a lot of people are talking about it. I think the best thing that's happened this week is that a lot of people have been tuning into the women's games and watching a lot of the, of the women's cricket um, in the lead up to the men's game as well. And also, obviously, you know, the fans, the diehard fans of the women's team already. I personally have been watching a lot more women's cricket and I think the games have been really exciting. Um, I think it's fantastic for the sport. So I think the 100 so far has been a real success. I think there's a lot more to come because, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of the big stars haven't arrived yet and they're also going to be losing some of the England players. So we'll see what it does to, in the change in the teams and the balance because I think at the moment the Trent Rockets are looking the strongest men's team and the Oval Invincibles are looking the strong and strongest female team. But we've only had two matches to go off and some of them have only had one. So stay tuned. We've got a lot more to come. I was just mentioning to Chris earlier that I wanted to get you know, more stats. I love a stat. And uh, I love the fact that with the IPL, you download the app and there's sort of the orange cap holder, there's the, the purple cap holder, and you can see sort of individual stats and how well people are doing. And we haven't got that yet for the hundreds. I'm hoping they're going to open up that page of the hundred because I really want to know how the bowlers are facing up against each other, who's got the best economy rate, who's had the most wickets, the, the best run rate, etc. So that hopefully they'll do in the future because I love discussing that kind of stuff. I think so too, and that's that's one for the cricket badges out there because I remember thinking, well, okay, so who are the leading wicket takers at the moment, and who's the leading run scorer? It's probably Jemima Rodriguez for the women. Um, bowling, I'm not sure, uh, and I think I think Matt Parkinson is the leading wicket taker at the moment, but that's just purely because Manchester have played more games than the others. But you're right, I do want to know who's the leading wicket taker, who's got the most runs, that sort of stuff. So. That's that's something for the hundred website that's um, I know that we would like and I think everyone else would, but let's let's see what you guys have said because obviously we're on Twitter and if you're not following us yet uh, it's at hundred report and we're on Instagram at the hundred report and if you're watching this we're on YouTube so click that subscribe button it will make both of us smile, um, but let's see what you guys said because I did a shout out what everybody else's first impressions were, um, so let's say uh, Jim Congdon. Uh, replied and said, Amanda Jane Wellington bowling the first maiden. That's interesting. I didn't even know that. So there we go. I didn't know there was a maiden. No. 
no. And he's a big fan of the fielding and the kits. He says he, says he wants all of the kits. So thank you very much, Jim. Um, and we have uh, Vish, uh, Vishnavni Srinivasan, who, uh, this is quite a mouthful, it says a lot of young players are getting to play with some of the internationals and in front of crowds. That's very true, and Alice Capsi is a, a perfect example. Sarah Taylor's comeback and uh, reverse sweeps and uh, Crossy's first six. Yeah, she loved that one. We need to mention that again. Kate Cross's first six of the whole competition. Um, uh, we have the Delhi Capitals fan club uh, are saying the crowd in the women's games. It's almost overwhelmingly positive in the women's game, uh, certainly. Chris Benjamin, yeah, his, his rise to where he is now has been great. Parky, we've already bigged up Matt Parkinson. I think yeah, <laughs> he's, he's good at bigging himself up. Uh, Jemima Rodriguez, again. Um, uh, Mitchell Letizia says the sky graphics are poor and actually confuse the game when it should be simplified. Let's let's break this down because like I get it. Um, it's I, I think people have had a bit of a mixed result as far as the sky graphics. I personally quite like them. I, I quite like the thing going up and down. But my dad, when I was watching it, said he wasn't a massive fan because it cuts your screen uh, uh, down a little bit. What about you? What's what's your thoughts? Yeah, I also watched it once on a TV that wasn't quite the right width for it, so it cut out like a number either side, so I never actually got the full number. It was really annoying, but the, my other TV did, so it's just, I guess it just depends what format your TV works on. But that's, that, I found it quite distracting. Also, more so than the sidebars, I find, find the, the, the bottom line quite distracting because it's only in a green and a pink. Sometimes I'm confused that I'm like, but but they play for oval, why are they in pink? Because the next to them is, is the green, and because so, it's the exact same color as the Oval Invincibles uh, logo and shirt and stuff. So I get confused that they've only got one of the batsmen there and the bowler next to them, but the colors are only ever pink and green. And sometimes it distracts from what team they're on and you don't have the other batsmen's figures next to them either. So it's something you just need to get used to, but I do, you know, I, I, I do agree with him. I do find it quite distracting and um, maybe there was a better way to do it, but I think that the up, the down, you know, especially for kids, I think it just, it just generates more excitement, doesn't it? Yeah, that's kind of what I think. And I think that this is very much aimed at families and younger people. And I, I'm, I've been very excited that both of the matches I've been to, there's loads of kids and they're all wearing the little Manchester Originals hats and they're all just covered in ice cream and having a generally very, very good time. So it, it's it's very heartening to see. Um, last couple, Thomas Sutcliffe says caps his innings at Lords. I think that's winning as the, as the moment of the series so far. Uh, and last but not least, our friend Ash at Third Man Cricket. He says he shouldn't say this as a Manchester Originals fan, but he's going for two Birmingham Phoenix players in moments. Uh, Benny Howells uh, smashing his first game, and then Chris Benjamin's innings in the same game. So actually, weirdly, the biggest heroes, uh, according to you guys, is two, two players that a lot of people have never heard of before, uh, Chris Benjamin and Alice Capsey. So that is a very exciting thing about this competition already. I can't wait to see what the rest has got in store. But um, yeah, I, I think we're, we're kind of up to date now. So uh, what's, what's the next one we're going to? It's, uh, it's next week, isn't so we're it? We're going to go to Lords this Sunday. We're going to watch the London Spirit versus the Southern Brave. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that'll be an exciting match. Um, interesting matchup. And nice to go to the home of cricket. Yeah, check us out on the um, socials. We'll be there live at the event. So we'll, we'll have some stuff up for you guys to tune into.
yeah absolutely and as always uh, please do follow us on our socials and subscribe to us here we'll be doing this every week we're going to uh, work at getting some more interviews as well uh, but in the meantime I uh, hope you guys are enjoying it and uh, yeah we'll we'll catch you on the next one we'll round it up there I'll see you guys later bye